Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah, come on. I just hope we can win a game. Come on. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. Yo, it's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips. It's the fantasy freestyle. You win championships at the fantasy freestyle. Dropping stats over beats is the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. It's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips at the fantasy freestyle. You win championships with that fantasy freestyle. Yeah, 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 you know what it is. Rocks and speeds in the place to be. This is the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here for week seven. We be holding you down all the time to help you win your league and win that cash. Yo, speeds and rocks. Rocks, say what's up to the people. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's Rocks One, young fist full of rings. I yeah. can't believe that we are already in week seven. It's yeah, crazy. Right. I was Things talking to speeds. Normalize. I know. I mean, time flies when it's the NFL season, and sure. I feel... One thing, uh, one thing is that time can't fly quick enough though to get us past this election. I'm so sick of it dominating headlines. I know, I know. On a Monday, Ryan Fitzpatrick's performance should be on the back cover of the New York Post. It's true. Let's start though, because we had a lot of stuff happening in Week Six that we got to cover. Obviously, the biggest issue, the biggest injury, shall we say, Big Ben Roethlisberger um, had meniscus surgery on Monday. Varying reports now we're seeing. You know, I mean, it talks about like what kind of surgery it was. Yeah, what, like a knee bruise or something? Yeah, they, they were saying that, that they discovered from last year. Exactly. So they went in and cleaned some things up. We're hearing everything like some people are saying it could be two to three weeks. Some people are saying it could be four to six weeks. And by some people, I mean like the owner and the head coach. So who knows about that? But Big Ben is known to fight through and play kind of injured. I know he's going to want to get back as soon as possible. They do have a buy in there. How many th- games do you think they're going to wind up missing? I mean, he's, he's definitely not playing this week. Obviously. Sure, sure, sure. And they, Landry Jones. They do have the Week 8 bye. We're going to get into that game, uh, big game for them big against game. the Patriots uh, a little bit later. But, you know, I think you've got to look at it as a fantasy owner on the worst case scenario. Okay. I think you prepare for the worst and okay. you expect the best. If you're going to make a move for another quarterback to, to replace him with, I would do that sooner rather than later. Because you also, you know, teams sometimes, they're not quite that clear. You saw the whole thing with Mike Tomlin and the Ladarius Green injury right, situation. Right. You know, so Pittsburgh really has no reason to be totally transparent. Obviously, they want him back as soon as possible, but you can't count on, you know, you can't count on reading between the lines on an injury like this. Hey, Rocks, who are some, who are some quarterbacks out there that uh, might, you know, you might want to get into if uh, if you had been Ben and uh, you know, you're looking for a quarterback, you know? Well, I think that the, the, the main thing I can say there is uh, don't pick up Landry Jones if sure, you're, if sure, you're sure. in a league of like any Landry size. Jones. You know, Andrew jo- Landry Jones is only really in play in very deep two very quarterback deep leagues quarterback or the Superflex. Um, you know, I would also advise people to stay away from the new Jets quarterback who we're going to get into. Uh, sure, sure. You know, what I mean, I'm saying, are you if, if like a, a Tyrod Taylor is if available. Tyrod, if a guy like Tyrod Taylor is if, available, if a guy like, you know, maybe uh, Sam Bradford was Sam dropped, Bradford was dropped during the bye, he might be available. Well, would you still take a guy like uh, Jameis Winston if he's available? Yeah, I mean, I think Jameis Winston is a guy who, who still has a ton of upside, even though they want to do they want to do more in the running game. And, you know, I, I mean, I just think that you really have to go, depending on the size of your league, to matchups or decide if it's time to bite the bullet, deal from a position of strength and get yourself, a, you know, a real top tier option. But if you are going to do that, it's important that you do it now. Yo, Eddie Lacy also sent to IR that ankle, apparently that P90 
P90X yeah, did not terrible, do the job. Terrible look for the P90X, man. That's, That's bad for I'm your saying. brand, yo. That is definitely bad for the brand, yo. It's more like LB90X. I'm uh, saying. You know, it's really the, the timing, and I don't know if it was just cruel irony or that was maybe something that was leaked by the organization, but you started hearing those reports, uh, you know, early in the day on Thursday saying that he had gained a ton of weight and that the coaching staff was unhappy with mm -hmm. him, and then it seemed like an hour or two later, Boom. you know, he was having ankle surgery and he was going to be IR uh, on IR. I mean, despite his considerable girth and heft, Eddie Lacy was actually having a really good year, looking spry for a big man, averaging over five yards a carry. And, you know, for a Packers offense, it's kind of struggled to find an identity. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do moving forward. Moving on, we talked about the Buffalo Bills last week uh, and in prior weeks, the idea of Anthony Lynn, that running backs coach, now the offensive coordinator. We were both very high on Shady McCoy. He had a great game against, San Francisco against the San up, Francisco yo. 49ers with three touchdowns. Looked like he was injured and overcame it, but now they're talking about as ben, as ben did too, which is interesting, yeah. Speeds. At some point, you texted me when Odell was out of the yep. game and he's still missing practice. Right, and we were like, how'd they all text back? Me, you were like, yo, they're all back they're in the game, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as as far as um, LaShawn McCoy is concerned, you know, we talked about our, our top running backs moving forward, and he was he was definitely he was someone, five. someone we both mentioned. He's, you know, currently going into week seven, the number two overall RB in PPR league. So this is a really, really big loss for the Buffalo, uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, I think it's going to put a lot more pressure on Tyrod because, you know, they're not going to be facing the Miami Dolphins every week, mm -hmm. and they're not going to be able to run the ball against run defenses that are, that are you know, a, a class up. But, I mean, think about this now. If you're the Buffalo Bills and you've had Sammy Watkins go out, you have LaShawn McCoy go out, uh, I think Charles Clay was questionable as well. Even now, Robert Woods is out. You know, I've talked about before putting, like, 53 men in the box to stop mm -hmm. running backs. Like, at this point, what do they have besides Tyrod Taylor? Uh, you know, they've they signed Justin Hunter off the street, a former, oh, former, former second-round pick, reclamation project. He's oh, actually... Tennessee Titans yeah, and man, Tennessee just, just a guy. Just yes. a guy. I want winners. I want people that want to win. That's a Fugazi. How do you know it's a Fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. I cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. It's not an exciting offense. They're going to win, you know, grinding the ball out, uh, grinding the running game out. And if that defense can keep playing the way they've been playing, I think that that's, you know, that's something that they might be able to, to get away with. One question, though, for you, Speeds. What do you think Carlos Williams is uh, is thinking about right now? Yo, I saw Carlos Williams is trying to work out and, you know, cut the bonbons out. So we'll keep our eyes on that. That's just another guy, remember? Just like you said, and, you know, someone else who you correctly, I got to give it to you here on Fantasy Freestyle and Fantasy Sports radio network what we do is you know we hold ourselves accountable with those gentlemen's bets and you said rocks that ryan fitzpatrick had a better chance of being benched than repeating his 2015 performance and lo and behold after six weeks he has in fact been benched in favor of geno smith i'm gonna give you time for you to gloat on this one rocks let him know you called your shot yeah man you know you might remember me talking about the dropped interceptions you did talk how about i that. felt i felt ryan's ryan's fit Fitzpatrick, if anything, you know, really underperformed last year and happened to get really lucky with some touchdowns, uh, dropped interceptions, and then the Jets playing a very, very weak schedule. I thought that when they had a tougher schedule, you know, some of that luck was going to regress to the mean and he would become who we thought he was. But they are who we thought they were. 
But they are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Too confident in his own decision making, too confident in his arm strength, and just prone to staring down wide receivers and, you know, having it way too easy for his routes to get picked. And that's what we saw. I didn't think it would be this absolute and this complete, but. Yeah, I know. It has been bad, and you knew since the sixth interception game in Kansas City. Here's the thing, though. As a Jets fan, I actually um, support uh, Magic Mike, Mike McCagnin here, and, you know, head coach Terry, uh, Todd Bowles, because I think they actually knew this. This is why they carried four quarterbacks on the roster. Um, And I think they're making the right move right now to go to Geno Smith in what is probably a lost season. And you're going to find out what he has Then you know, fits. That's why they did not sign him to a long-term deal. That's why they did not agree to some kind of Brock Osweiler contract. I'd rather be where the Jets are right now than the Houston Texans are. Yo, Brock Osweiler is garbage, Exactly. So next year, they're going to be able to move on from Geno and Fitz. They have both of their young developmental quarterbacks in Petty and Hackenberg. I'm not saying either one of them are going to be the answer, but then they'll be in a position where they can spend money for some quarterback. Now, I don't know who's going to be out there. You know, you were throwing some names around. You were yeah, saying... Yeah, I mean, uh, I was getting uh, I was getting all crazy. Maybe Jimmy, Jimmy Garops? There's Jimmy Garoppolo out there, but if you want to do some kind of same old Jets nonsense, they'll probably make a move for an older quarterback that's on the decline, a guy like Tony Romo, a guy like Jay Cutler. Could Jay Cutler really handle New York? Though? No, of course he I mean, could. he hasn't been able to handle Chicago Of course he couldn't, but what would Denver. be funny is having both New York quarterbacks with that sad face. Think of the back page of the New York Post and the Daily News, man. Yo, check it out. That's what we're going to do. We talk about all this on the Fantasy Freestyle Rocks and Speeds in the place to be. What we're going to do is we're going to pay a li- pay some bills. We're going to pay some bills? We're going to pay some bills. And uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into all of these Week 7 games that we're going to talk about. Tell you who to sit, who to start, who to fade, who to play on that DFS so you can win your league and win that cash. Yo, Speeds, would you say we've got the skills to pay the bills we have the skills to pay the bills and that's where they're going to come back we dropping stats over beats it's the fantasy freestyle check it out rock speeds <laughs> yeah third and four looks into the nickel of san francisco in the secondary hey somebody has run out on the field some goofball in a hat and a red shirt now he takes off the shirt he's running down the middle by the 50 he's at the 30 he's bare chested and banging his chest now he runs the opposite way he runs at the 50 he runs at the 40 the guy is drunk but there he goes the 20 they're chasing him they're not gonna get him waving his arms bare chested somebody stop Look that out. man here comes the blue coat oh they got him here comes coming the blue from the coat. oh and they tackle him at the 40 yard line Oh, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> that was a great call. Throw the stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. And that's, that's really what it's about. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy Rocks One, young fist full of rings, with my man Speeds, the spitting statistician. Uh-huh. We put a poll up for our Twitter users, for our Twitter followers. We're like, yo, here's a handful of games. Which ones would you like us to talk about this week? And the a- people have spoken. Yes, yeah, speak they did, loud and clear. There was actually a tie. Don't demand a recount, but there 
there was a tie. It was Ravens, Jets, and Bills, Dolphins. Equal number of votes for those two games. So we're going to break down both of them. And that segues really, really nicely to start talking about that Jets game after our discussion about the Jets' ghosts of the quarterback past, present, and future. They've got Geno starting in this one. And, you know, I don't even choose Geno over Pats when I'm in Philadelphia. I'm not choosing him to have a good game against the Ravens. What does this mean for Brandon Marshall? I, I actually think Brandon Marshall is the one Jets skilled player that you can trust this week. Uh, the Ravens have been getting torched. They've allowed the most touchdown passes of any team in the NFL. Marshall has proven throughout his career he's able to elevate uh, subpar quarterback play. And, you know, he's as good of a bet as any wide receiver in the league for 100 yards or a touchdown any given week. Geno's going to have to force feed him targets with Decker out. Uh, you know, and I just really think that if you're Geno, you're trying to show something. You know, you're trying to look downfield, trying to make some plays. Though he didn't look like he had it in him uh, in his brief appearance on Monday night. For sure. But how about this, though? On the, you know, and it's true. The Jets offense has been anemic. Interestingly enough, the Jets offense has scored two touchdowns over the last now uh, 16 quarters. And this is from an offense that last year scored at least two touchdowns in every game of the season. But interestingly enough, I don't know about the Baltimore team they're playing either. Now, Flacco has mispracticed again. Yeah, uh, this could be the worst quarterback game of all be, season. Exactly. We could see Ryan Mallett versus Doesn't he have Gino a drug problem? Smith. That's a problem. I don't know. But, um, and listen, Terrence West has been really who the Ravens have been riding over the last few weeks. But the one thing this Jets defense still does well is stop the run. I do not think Terrence West is in line for another 87-yard, two-touchdown performance, okay? I think um, if you want, though, it might be an interesting opportunity to buy low on Kenneth Dixon. Okay, Kenneth Dixon has been maybe growing in his role, and I think against the Jets, who, you know, do horrible against the pass and have shown that they have not been good at covering running backs out of the backfield, I think that could be a nice play. You know, their receivers, you know, Flacco was spreading it around a lot, and whoever the quarterback is will be spreading it around a lot, especially now. I do like, though, Mike uh, Mike Wallace, yep. because with this offensive coordinator change, going to Marty Morningwig, he likes plays that flip the field. M &M. He likes going deep, and Mike Wallace is perfectly bred for that. So keep an eye on Mike Wallace this week. Yeah, I agree with you, Speeds, definitely. I mean, I like him, obviously, a lot more if uh, Big Arm Flacco is, is starting. Sure. And Wallace has actually seen 10 targets or more three games in a row. I'd say all bets are off with Ryan Mallett. However, I'm a little bit more bullish than you are on Terrence West, largely because I do think that uh, Marty Morningwig is going to continue to feed him again. This is what got the previous OC, Mark Tressman, fired, not giving Terrence West the ball. And I think, you know, you could see maybe 20 carries, let's call it 75 yards, a couple catches out of the backfield. I think he's going to push about 90 total yards in this game. What do you think about that, Speeds? I say that Terrence West does not get 95 combined yards against the New York Jets this week. 95 combined yards. Oh, man, you, you're making me go up an extra five. That's right. All right, all right, all right. 
against my better judgment, because I like him at 90. I think like 91 on the nose. But I'll make that gentleman's bet that Terrence West is going to get 95 or more combined yards against a tough Jets run defense. That's a gentleman's bet, yo, Ross. What's the next game we got to talk about here? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to go to the second game that our Twitter followers overwhelmingly told us that they wanted us to talk about. Overwhelmingly? You said it was a 50-50 tie. A 50-50 tie. Overwhelmingly. It was the second overwhelming choice. The other two games barely got any votes at all. Okay, all right, all right. You know, two different people look at polls and see two different things. It's crazy here in America. It's crazy. Um, You know, I guess the people wanted to hear about the Adam Gaze offense and wanted okay. to hear more about this running back situation in Buffalo. Sunny Miami. I mean, we've had some nice weather on the East Coast, uh, but it's nicer in Miami unless you're that Adam Gase offense, which really has failed to take flight. They're 24th in the league in total yards. You know, we're going to get into a little bit later why I don't think that Jay Ajayi is going to really be able to do much in this one. Tannehill? Nah, man. Tannehill should definitely be on your bench this week, or you should have dropped him a while ago. Only uh, player on the Miami side of things I really like is Jarvis Landry, who's proven that he's a real asset in PPR leagues. You know, he's someone I think that could be reliable as a wide receiver, too, on the Miami side of things. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You know, we're going to have a little bit more on that one later. We had a little bit more on that earlier. The point I want you to take home on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network to all our Twitter followers, you holler at us and we will holler back. Hey, yo, before we go on to the next game, didn't we have a question in our mailbag? We did, we did, we did. We had a question from uh, Joe from Austin. Joe, thanks for getting at the Fantasy Freestyle. We have a question that deals with another New England wide receiver last week the question was about Julian Edelman this week Joe from Austin notes that uh you know this New England offense is known from spreading it around and a lot of different guys have gotten targets you know over the years uh in the slot and outside guys like Danny Amendola you know obviously Julian Edelman West back Welker. In the day, West Welker and in that mold we have now 7-Eleven always open Chris Hogan and Joe from Austin wants to know about his future prognosis his future value does he carry value moving forward. I mean, I, I really feel like basically ever since Randy Moss, they've struggled to find that dominant receiver on the outside. You know, they had hoped that Brandon LaFell was going to be that guy. He couldn't do it, though. He couldn't do it. Um, I don't I don't really think that Chris Hogan can do it. He's scrappy. He's definitely gritty. And, you know, he's the type of guy that works hard and says all the right things and just wants the team to win if you catch my drift. If you and, catch uh, my drift. And, you know, Belichick and Tom Brady will definitely make sure that he gets the ball occasionally he'll score some touchdowns but I don't really see him being a fantasy option unless your league rewards for grit and scrappiness no doubt and on the Pittsburgh side of things it's really hard to talk about this game as well um, you are going to mention Antonio Brown a little bit later on and you know with Ben out and Landry Jones taking over you really have to be cautious I'm taking the wait and see approach I do however think Le'Veon Bell is a locked and loaded RB1 regardless of the situation 
situation. Yeah, man, I agree with you. You know, he, he's a bit expensive on FanDuel this week, but I think just basically the fact that he's so valuable out of the backfield really gives him a very, very high floor. You know, historically, when Ben has missed time, Le'Veon Bell has been more productive than Antonio Brown, but I think any catcher besides Brown on the, on the Steelers' side of things is completely hands-off. This is not the week to mess around with Sammy Coates. What I will say with New England, I think that Tom Brady is going to put a hurting on this pass defense. I think he's going to throw for more than 300 yards and a couple of scores. I probably said it two times already this season, but to me, this feels like the Julian Edelman breakout game. I think you're going to see him with at least six or seven catches and a touchdown in this one. Another point I want to make real quick, even after Gronk exploded for seven catches, 160 yards and a tud last week, Martellus Bennett was still the TE15 right on the cusp of a starting option. I think that both of them are going to be able to eat. And if his floor is five catches for about 50 yards, that's a lot better than you're doing in a lot of other places at a very thin and volatile tight end position. Yo, I like that, Rox. And you know, Speed's the spitting statistician. I've been saying for weeks now, both on the Fantasy Freestyle and on Shot Callers on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, where you can catch me every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. I've been saying that I think this offense can support the two tight ends, and it really goes through their tight ends and their backs. All the more reason that I do not like Chris Hogan, that I do not like Julian Edelman. We've been talking about that on Fantasy Freestyle, and our questions from the mailbag have been that over the last two weeks. We got to move on to another game. We go to the Sunday morning game in London where the New York Giants, this is actually a Los Angeles Rams home game. And, uh, yo, Jeff Fisher uh, could not handle that prosperity. He was two games above 500 at 3-1, and one, and then boom, boom, loses the next two. Of course he does to go right back to that more comfortable 500 Jim level. Jim Bob Cooter lit him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are going to light him up. Listen, he is not going to be able to handle being two games over 500. You know what it is. Um, on the Giants side of things, listen, Odell Beckham was fed. He got eight catches for 222 yards, two touchdowns. I think it is good for Odell Beckham to get away. I think he needs to have a Snickers bar and stop being as diva as he is. I don't care about this kicking net. You know, he needs to get, get that space and just start to focus on football, go on a little team business trip with his team. I think this is good for him at this time. Last week, Eli had a great game, you know, big volume throwing. 32 46, 403 yards, really breaking out of that shell. He was the QB 23 going into week six, having a breakout game. I think he can have another good game as he starts to spread it around. Victor Cruz, Sterling Shepard, even tight ends Larry Dinell. You know about ODB. I've liked Bobby Rainey out of the backfield. I think he will maintain his role, especially because Rashard Jennings did not have that good of a game in his return, going only nine carries for 15. Yards, but against this Rams 24th ranked defense against the run, the Rams be giving up 115 yards per game, and you would not think that with Aaron Donald roaming that defensive line. I think uh, the Giants might have an opportunity to start eating. I think the Rams could fall flat. This could be a trap game on Sunday, top of the morning to you. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and, and I think that both Eli and Odell, to your point, are looking like they're going to have a really, really solid matchup. The Rams D is also pretty middle of the road. They got lit up by Stafford last week. They might be without Robert Quinn and Trumaine Johnson. That's going to further weaken them. 
I just kind of, you know, I'm just really curious about like how much Eli Manning understands about like different countries and continents. Like, do you think he'll understand he's not in America for that game? It depends. If he can find, if he can find some good, you know, fish and chips, I think he'll be okay. And, you know, will Odell Beckham be, you know, interviewed on the BBC, like hugging or running into or talking to a soccer net, do you think? Maybe. It's possible. It's a different, but that would be cheating on the kicking net. And that is a big problem. One last point I want to say on the Rams side of things is look out for Kenny Britt. That's someone I gave you on shot callers. The British. I gave him on shot callers a couple of weeks ago. Kenny Britt in the British are coming over there in London. Yo, he went for seven catches, 136 yards, and two touchdowns last week. But this has been consistent. He is ninth in the NFL with 492 yards. Yo, Rocks, another game I know we want to talk about is going to Sunday night football. week. That would be Monday night football. We're talking about Sunday night football. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Sunday night football where the Seattle Seahawks go to Arizona in a division matchup, an NFC West division matchup. I like what Russell Wilson continues to do. He went 35, uh, 25 for 37 with 270 yards. And this is Christian Michael's job. They even said still that Thomas Rawls is still a couple weeks away. He'll be gone until November at least. Yeah, man. I mean, what's really interesting to me in this uh, in this game is the extent to which uh, the Arizona Cardinals have just sung Lean On Me into David Johnson's ears because that Carson Palmer and the passing game is not strong right now at all. Seattle is not the place to get right. I told you I thought that they were going to completely light up the Jets last week. It did not happen. It matched up perfectly. Vertical passing game. Jets lack of ability to defend that. Carson Palmer was shut out until the fourth quarter when he threw a little cheapy to Michael Floyd. I do not think he's going to have a good start at all and this week. Banged up too, missing practice. practices. Even if he's healthy, you're fading him. He's not shown the ability to do anything with pressure this year. The line is not looking great. You know Seattle's going to get after him. The only pass catcher I'd consider is Fitzy. He's been completely consistent, seeing uh, seen about seven or eight targets in every single game. He's already got five touchdowns. He's the only wide receiver I'd consider starting, and I would start him with confidence. All right, all right, yo, check it out. Um, I will say this so that Cardinals defense um, might be able to hold down Seattle a little bit. They are sixth in the NFL, giving up only 17.3 points a game. But one thing you should remember is last year when the Cardinals were on their way rolling to the NFC Championship game and blowing people out, the Seattle Seahawks went in there and embarrassed. Yep, that was late in the the season. Late in the season. That was actually when things started going downhill for Carson. This is a rivalry. They are not going to be excited to see each other rivalry week for Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Yo, you want to talk about Monday Night Football as well? (laughs) 
We have the Houston Texans going to the Denver Broncos. And listen, don't be fooled by Brock Osweiler's stats last week when he Fugazi. had when he had two touchdowns. You know when he padded his stats at the end with 269 uh, passing yards. He looked bad for most of the game. Chris Collinsworth was even making fun of him. Now they go against this Denver defense on the road in prime time. I'm worried about the Houston offense. I know you like Lamar Miller. I'm also worried about DeAndre Hopkins for yet another week going against those Denver cornerbacks in a spot. It really just doesn't look like Brock Osweiler is at home in this offense. No, and you know, again, we we talked uh, we talked a bit about the Jets quarterback situation and giving Fitzy one year versus what the Texans did is yep. you know opened up a checkbook. They got for that Osweiler. 18 million noose around their neck um, for a while. Yeah, and you know, it also just bodes very poorly for the entire offense because. Denver is a lot stronger against the pass than they are against the run. I'm fading DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, you don't own Brock Osweiler. Nothing to see there. I do think Lamar Miller uh, remains firmly in the RB1 conversation, primarily due to volume. And as I said, Denver's run defense is living a little bit on their reputation from last year. They are still very strong. But you can see uh, if the offensive line has opened up holes like they did last week against the Colts, you can see Lamar Miller having another solid game. And I think his owners had to be thrilled with the burst he was showing, the decisiveness hitting the hole, and that second touchdown was a thing of absolute beauty, showing off how shifty he can be in the open field. No doubt. And last point I want to make about this game is, yo, rocks and speeds. We both tip our cap to Gary Kubiak, who will return to the sidelines in this game on Monday Night Football. Yo, check it out. When we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to give you our flagship segments, okay, for week seven. We're going to give you those diamonds in the rough and the fantasy fugazis. Forget about it. That's what Rocks and Speeds do here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yo, we'll be right back after this. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else. Rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. seven games. You still got rocks and speeds here. We dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle. That's what we do on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yo, rocks, it's that time. We're going to hit them with you know, that flagship stuff that we do. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And that means our game flow genius and yeah. our diamonds in the rough and fugazi. Forget about it. Rocks one young fistful of rings. Make sure those are real diamonds and none of those fake stones. Yo, let's let's change it up a bit. Let's, what you let, do? Let, let's do diamonds first. What you and, uh, do? Let's go. We got, we got a diamond. Me and Speeds, you know, we, we do our research a little bit, and then we kind of come and we just like, yo, for the fantasy freestyle. How are we gonna, how are we gonna, how are we gonna shake it out this week? And uh, we both have one of the same diamonds. We got overlapping diamonds, yo. The, overlapping diamonds. That man. trillion cut, son. What? Um, and uh, when me and Speeds disagree, man, sometimes you gotta kind of just make a decision. And that's the gentleman's bet. 
and, and stuff like that. that's the gentleman's bet. You got to kind of just, you know, decide whose side you're on. But when we agree, that's how you win your league and win that cash. Yo, Rocks, where are we going? We are going to the tight end in Indianapolis. Yeah, huh? man. We agree on young Mr. Jack Doyle. He yeah. started off the season really, really hot and then saw himself fade. This play is all about Dwayne Allen. Opportunity. Missing week seven. Opportunity be knocking. $4,700 on FanDuel seems almost too good to be true. He played 90% of the snaps last week after Dwayne Allen departed with the injury. You know, he scored a touchdown. He was playing a much tougher defense. The Titans are also pretty solid against a tight end position. They're not quite as good as Houston, though. And I think that he's going to be their number one option in the red zone and only yep. behind T.Y. for targets. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. I was looking that way as well, especially when I saw the Dwayne Allen injury. And also, like, you know, Philip Dorsett was banged up for them a little Probably bit. Gonna play. And uh, even before the injuries, Andrew Luck was looking to Jack Doyle in the red zone. He already had some touchdowns. So I like that a lot. That's another, that's a great diamond in the rough. Um, I'm going to give you a diamond in the rough. Check it out. Um, Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys for the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is also an opportunity cost, okay? Vincent Jackson to the IR uh, this week. And listen, before that, Adam Humphreys had been getting targets. He already had 31 targets. He had one game, a big game in week three, where he had 12 targets. Went for 100 yards and nine catches. Jameis Winston already trusts him. And Jameis has been throwing, throwing, throwing. There have been weeks where Jameis Winston has put up over 50 attempts. They are coming off their bye. And the other thing is, this week in Tampa, there was also news that Doug Martin had a setback, right? So that means Jacquez Rogers is the only other real viable back there. So, you know, I I could see, I could see the 49ers really keying in on trying to stop Mike Evans. And that um, could leave Adam Humphreys open. He's only 8% owned. I think you can go and get him right now. I think that's a nice little DFS play for you this week on the Fan Duel. Uh, I gave that out on Shot Callers on Friday. So, um, yeah, man, Adam Humphreys, diamond in the rough. And that's Adam Humphreys, pronounced with an umphreys. Oh, ladies. Oh, how I like to thump these. Yeah, man, and uh, my second diamond, multi-finger rings, rocks one, young, fistful of rings. It's a guy Speed's just mentioned, and that's Jacquez Rogers. There it is. We Pop it quiz. Pop quiz. Hot shot. Who's the Bucks starting running back against the league-worst 49ers defense? Jacquez. Pop quiz. It's just really fun to say. Uh, Jacquez Rogers is a guy who was always kind of viewed as a third down back when in he was Atlanta. in Atlanta. Never saw a ton of burn, and I think that's probably for the best, but he got a whopping 35 touches in week five before the bye. He grounded out. He got 100 yards and five catches versus a Carolina defense. That's not what they were a year ago, but they're a hell of a lot better than that 49ers defense that's now missing Navarro Bowman. They are just getting gashed. They are the last in the league against the run, and it's by a fairly wide margin. Winston has certainly been throwing the ball more than the Bucs would have liked, and they've been talking about taking the ball out of his hands, and they really, you assume it's going to be something they're going to try to continue after the bye week. Except for all that production for my diamond in the rough, Adam, Adam Humphreys. Pronounced with an Humphreys. That's right. Tell him more about um, Pop Quiz, Jack Quiz. Pop Quiz, Jack Quiz. He's not very talented, uh, you know, and this is definitely some guy that this is probably going to be his last hurrah. 
as soon as uh, Doug Martin comes back. But what I will say is that the opportunity is there. He's only $5,600 on FanDuel, and you saw what the 49ers defense has done to running backs this year. Shady McCoy went nuts last week. They've just been getting gashed. The price is right. The time is now. The diamond is shining. Jaquiz Rogers. Pop quiz. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, put them in your DFS lineups and smoke them. Uh, but when you have diamonds, you also have fugazis. Those are people that I think you have got to avoid. That's a fugazi? How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. And listen, if you've been listening to Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, if you've been listening to us on the iTunes, if you've been listening to us on the Stitcher, on the Google Play, on the Audio Boom, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, in any of those ways that you can hear us for free, okay? That's the bomb right there. You can get all this advice to win your league and win that cash for free. That's an opportunity cost. But if you've been listening to Fantasy Freestyle, then you know that I have been on this early. I have been on fading the wide receivers opposite Xavier Bumpy Rhodes. And this week, that wide receiver is Jordan Matthews, Philadelphia Eagles, okay? They've also been saying, early reports this week came out that uh, Jordan Matthews dealing with knee tendinitis. Ow. I mean, that sounds painful. I think that's code word for Xavier Rhodes flu, okay? Oh, he's, he's trying to set expectations low exactly. before the game is even because played. he knows he's going to get locked down. It's like on football imitating road. life. Exactly, but here's the other thing. I um, and I've been saying this on shot callers as well. Um, as defenses get more and more tape on rookie quarterback Carson Wentz, this may be the part of the season where we start to see a lull in their play. Will rookie quarterback Carson Wentz be able to make the adjustments necessary to continue um, him himself looking like poised and command of the offense and things like that? The other point that I've been making is. Uh, the suspension for Lane Johnson, Pro Bowl left tackle, was finally upheld, right? So now he's missing games. I think that also changes the Philadelphia offense. You saw last week against Washington, they did not score an offensive touchdown. Had only the Malcolm Jenkins interception return for the touchdown and the Wendell Smallwood yep. uh, special teams nice, return. Nice, nice, nice day for their DFS. Exactly. Uh, for the, for the DFS, exactly. Uh, but their offense did nothing, okay? And now they have Minnesota coming in yes. after the buy. That's, I that's think, not going to be a hotbed of fantasy I activity. Think, I think you fade all these Philadelphia Eagles, but specifically Jordan Matthews going up against Bumpy Rhodes. He's my fugazi. Forget about it. That's a fugazi? How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. Forget about it. And one of the things I've been saying all season long in DFS, don't chase the points because when you chase the points, that's when the points start running. And my first example of that is Jay Ajayi. Ajayi. If you had him in your lineup last week Great. against a Pittsburgh team that was playing the run a lot tougher than the past, props to you. But no one saw that coming. I think the market on FanDuel overcorrected on him. He's 6,400 this week. I think that he has never run before for 50 yards even in his career before last week. So expecting any sort of repeat performance against a Buffalo team that's much, much, much tougher against the run, even at home 
home in what I think is going to be a trap game. Trap game! I am fading Jay Ajayi hard this week. I also think you're going to see a little bit more Arian Foster. Right, than that's what I was going to say. He's getting healthy, and you're not going to see Ajayi with as hot of a hand as he had last week. I was thinking the same thing. You know, I do know that Adam Gase said that they want to get one of their running backs going and get away from that, like, four-person running back committee that they had. But I still do think Arian Foster will get more than the three carries he got last week. And uh, I think that's a safe bet that Ajayi will not have, you know, over 200 rushing yards. Again, my second Fugazi rocks. Uh, I'm going to stay in that game is, uh, listen, I'm going to go Tyrod Taylor here. Because we discussed it. We discussed all the injuries the Bills have had, you know, with McCoy and with uh, Robert Woods out, adding to Sammy Watkins. Like, he has no real weapons. I don't think the Buffalo is going to be able to effectively move the ball. They are on the road in a divisional matchup. I expect this to be a lower scoring game. And I do not think, you know, I do not think there's a lot of production coming from this game. He might have one bomb to that Marquise Goodwin, you know, or South. He may have, you know, one touchdown. And he'll make get some rushing yards, but I do not think he is going to have a good game. Call it under 200 yards passing for Tyrod Taylor. You might get saved by some kind of rushing touchdown, but I don't think it's going to happen. Tyrod Taylor this week against Miami. Fugazi. Forget about him. That's a Fugazi. My last Fugazi is filed under. Definitely do not forget about him. But I don't see paying $9,000 for Antonio Brown in DFS with Landry Jones at his quarterback. This is another situation where the market has not yet reacted to the reality of the situation, and that is Antonio Brown has never caught a touchdown from someone not named Ben Roethlisberger. He did actually do all right in the one start Landry Jones had last year. He went six for about 125, but they're playing the New England Patriots who have made a living for the past decade, taking away the thing that the other team does best. And I think that they are really going to focus on shutting down Antonio Brown and forcing the Steelers to beat them on the ground with LaShawn McCoy. With Le'Veon Bell. Hello? With Le'Veon Bell. LaShawn McCoy going to be laid up in street clothes on the sideline in Buffalo. Hello? And by that, I mean in Miami. Much nicer weather, folks. You should visit sometime. Hello? What I'm saying, though, is that I really think that as a Brown owner myself, obviously you're not benching him in any sort of season-long leagues. He's just too good, and there's just not that many other wide receivers you could even come close to hoping would have his production. But the floor is not what it once was. If I could sign up right now for six catches and 70 yards, I would gladly, gladly, gladly take that. There's no way that I'm paying $9,000 for my man in DFS chill on that. Antonio Brown, sorry, homie. Business not booming in the fake diamond trade. Fugazi. That's a Fugazi. How do you know it's a Fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. Forgot about him, yo. Yo, check it out here. Rocks and Speeds on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yo, you can always follow us at Fantasy Freestyle. No E, because we don't make no errors on the Fantasy Freestyle. Yo, check it out. We got another flag segment we gotta do. All these people, they know about how 
we give it to them. We give them them game flow geniuses. We're looking at a couple of games that uh, we think might flow for certain players, whether that be, you know, they're going to be up, they're going to be down, they're going to be flowing over the middle, they do bad against the tight end, whatever. We're going to give you a little nugget why these guys are good for you this week. Hey, yo, Rocks, week seven, who is your game flow genius? Yo, I have a couple game flow genii. Genii? Geniuses? Geniuses? Genii. Genii. I just, I just invented it. Rhymes like the Illuminati. Rhymes with Ajayi. Ajayi. Um, so, yo, my my game flow genius, my first one is Philip Rivers. Woo! Really, really like him as a middle-of-the-pack option in FanDuel for $7,800. That seems really, really underpriced to me facing a Falcons team that is just getting lit up. I expect a high-scoring game. So does Vegas at 53. Mm-hmm. It's the highest over-under in Week 7. And listen, you know the Falcons are going to be scoring in this game. Yeah. They've had one of the most explosive offenses all season, and the San Diego defense, especially missing their star cornerback, Jason Verrett, who's out for the season, is just not going to be able to stop Julio Jones and friends. That means the game flow, if you will, is going to dictate that young Phillip is going to be chucking the ball all over the place. And Phillip is going to be able to put up points against that Atlanta defense as well. Okay, I I like that to be a shootout. Yo, the Chargers have, you know, done a great job of losing games all year, but like Phillip Rivers has been fine. Philip Rivers has actually been the quarterback nine so far to yeah. start the season. That's crazy when you think about how important Keenan Allen is to that offense and how much they leaned on Danny Woodhead. I really think he's going to post top five numbers in this one, even though Antonio Gates has basically been a shell of his former self. Hunter Henry has been stepping up yeah. big time in a part-time role. I really like Rivers in this one. I think he's a great, great, great option at 7,800 on fan duel in a game with the highest over-under of the week. Yo, listen. I mean, Vegas knows what they're doing. We like always going to those games that have the high over-unders. Um, and Phillip Rivers, also favorite quarterback of unicorns everywhere. Uh, my game flow genius is in another game I expect to be high-scoring. Jim Bob Cuda versus that Washington football team. Redskins, Redskins, Redskins. High total on the board and could be a shootout, an offensive game, and that's the Washington football team against you-know-who, Jim Bob Cooter and the Detroit Lions. And in that game, listen, last week the Lions put up 31 points. You know, you had Matthew Stafford um, keeping control of the ball, four touchdowns, no turnovers, no interceptions, but they had no run game, okay? Zach Zenner only won 14 carries for 58 yards, and Justin Forsett only had five carries for five yards. But that was the first time he had ever been there. He's I on think, the street. Exactly. I think this guy is going to actually be the early down back, you know, uh, Theo Riddick, Dwayne Washington, still battling injuries. And in a game that I think is going to have some production, I, I like the Jim Bob Cooter offense. I think Justin Forsett, who knows how to get catch the back ball out of the backfield, did so for Baltimore for a while. I think this could be a sneaky play. Um, 
Yeah. Justin Forsett, game wow. flow genius. You heard it here first. This is Speeds, the spitting statistician, letting you know in a high-scoring game. Check it out. Yo, I really like that, Speeds. And Justin Forsett, I really like Justin Forsett. He was advertising his services on Twitter after, oh, he, was, nice. uh, after he was cut by the Ravens. And, uh, yo, I think he could definitely do some work in that game that I think they, uh, they are going to need to run the ball. I got a pair of additional added bonus game flow genii in the same game. We didn't get a chance to break it down, but we did just talk about how we expected Phillip Rivers to be putting up points based on game flow. I really like the dual two-headed monster in the backfield for Atlanta on this one. Both of them. Huh? I like both of them. I think that, you know, San Diego, among their many deficiencies on defense, they've been eaten up by backs who are able to run and catch the ball, which describes both Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. On fan duel, I much prefer Tevin Coleman at 6,200 than I do to Freeman, who I think is a little bit overpriced at 7,500. What I will say, though, is this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I think that there's going to be many, many fantasy players who have weak winning performances. That's why I'm looking to both Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman based on game flow in that game. Once more, I'll tell you, has the highest over-under of week seven at 53 points. Hey, Rox, you know, we talked about that game and we talked about um, how that related to Julio Jones as well. Um, you know, obviously, you saw last week Julio Jones in that crazy end-of-game big non-pass interference call Yo. with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And that is a game that can really potentially change the NFC playoff picture. And it got a lot of people talking this week about pass interference. And if that play should be reviewable by instant replay, I know you're a big Saints fan. Saints head coach Sean Payton came out and said that he would like to see maybe them look at that again. And, uh, you know, they do have the owners meetings coming up. You know, I don't think it's going to happen, you know, for anytime soon. But, um, you know, my take, honestly, I do not think they should review it. And here's why. They, um... They could probably find something on every play. You know, they always say you could find holding on every play as well. But what are they going to do? Like, then where's the line? If you touch something, you see it. If you yank it, I don't know. What I do think they should do, Rocks, is I actually think they should change it, though, from being a spot foul beyond 15 yards to just a maximum of a 15-yard penalty. Because this is too much. It's flipping too many things. Teams now sometimes just chuck it and get that as a big, big chunk play. And I think it's too big of a deal. What's that? Well, I, I think that part of that is by design as the league has changed the product for the product from being you know three yards in a cloud of dust into a really exciting vertical passing game and you know part of that has to do with what cornerbacks and safeties are able to get away with i think maybe you know i, I don't know man I, I don't necessarily like the idea of capping it at 15 yards because there are what would be game changing plays and then you just sell out and trip a guy after he's got a step on you uh you know to avoid a touchdown at, at 15 yards for that i don't really agree with it uh, I, I completely do agree with you, though, that the league is not going to make any changes on this anytime soon. If it's one thing the NFL hates, it's the appearance of being bullied into doing something by those pesky owners or players. You've seen how slow they've been to react to basically every major crisis that's come their way in the past 10 years, and I don't th think that this rises to that level. 
completely agree with you, though, that something needs to be done about it. You would need very specific rules, and I think maybe that would just be a situation where you could maybe only challenge that specific call once a game instead of being able to challenge it repeatedly. We'll see what happens, but one thing I know is that Rocks and Speeds will be here every week holding you down, making sure you get what you need to win your league and win that cash. That's how we do it on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Yo, we will be back next week when we break down week eight. Uh, you know, you can hold us accountable to all the stuff we said in those games for week seven, our game flow geniuses, our diamonds in the rough. We'll see uh, what big injuries we have to discuss next week and uh, what games we got to get into. Huh, Rocks? Yeah, man. And I'll just say this. If you're a Cowboys fan and you're still looking for a Halloween idea, you should go with Count Dacula. There it is. Rock Speeds Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.